Welcome to the CX Impact Podcast. Speed up your customer experience success. The CX Impact Podcast is brought to you by Gemseek, your trusted analytics advisor, helping you predict what your customers will do next. Hello, everybody. I'm Momchu Blaskov, host of the CX Impact Podcast and CX Champion at Gemseek. I hope you liked the previous episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, you can find it on Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. CX leaders rarely talk about the topic that we have chosen for today. We will focus our attention on failing CX programs and how they can be re-energized. We will discuss how to prevent CX program crises, what are the signals to watch for, and how to know when something goes wrong. What to do when your program is stuck, uh, who you should evolve, and uh, how you can guarantee that your program is re-energized. I'm very lucky to have today as my guest, Stefan Oshaus. Stefan is a CX, CX expert with over 20 years of experience. He has a proven track record of building an impactful and transformational CX programs from scratch. Currently, Stefan is a CEO at Experience 5 where he helps large multi-business units, multinational organizations to improve their customer experience programs and complement them with employee experience efforts. He is a sought-after keynote speaker and the author of the Work-Life Balance, the end of the Work-Life Balance book. Stefan is also president and founder of the Customer Institute and board member of the Global Business Partnership Executive Experience Consultants. Stefan, thanks for being on the CX Impact podcast. Thank you very much, Momchil. I'm glad to be here. I usually start all my conversations with one question, so it would be great to learn from you what was your path in CX and why you have selected the field. Yeah, good question. It's been a long time in the past, and when I think about it, it started when I was the uh, chief marketing officer at Symantec. In the leadership team back then, we decided we need a customer guru in the organization who would improve our customer centricity. And as we built this role and then consequently had a lot of trouble finding the right candidate for this head of customer experience, all of a sudden, everyone in the room turned their heads towards me and said, Stefan, why don't you take on this role? And why aren't you our first customer experience leader? And this is how I entered the space and how I, in the following years, built the customer experience practice at Symantec, then later on took on employee experience. And as a final addition uh, to the function, we added the customer support and tech support, the frontline function. And that was then the perfect combination of turning a large multinational organization more customer centric. Sounds like a very exciting journey. And the fact that you mentioned it to join throughout the year, starting with customer experience, then adding employee experience. Um, can you tell us more about uh, what you managed to achieve? Yes. I, I back then, this is now probably 10, 12 years ago. Back then, uh, we were in a situation of what I would call a perfect storm. First of all, customer experience, particularly in North America, was already an established practice. And organizations um, who didn't have a customer experience function were late to the party. So there was a pressure within the leadership team at Symantec back then to create a function. And 
me being in a marketing customer oriented function, me being part of the leadership team and creating this role on paper um, was one example of being at the right spot uh, at the right time. So when I took on this role with my team, I was able to implement a very quick turnaround of collecting data, deriving insight from this data and turning this insight into action, which now is my mantra, data inside action. So here's the first advice on what helps you to be successful in your role, be swift in creating value. Now that showed after a very short time, we were able to increase net promoter score swiftly. After all, after the five years I was in the role, we increased it by 30 points. So uh, the CEO called me up and said, Stefan, would you like to also take on employee experience? Because I believe it's as important as customer experience. And to find a leader who has that um, vision of putting employees at the same level as the customers in your organization is like winning the lottery, um, because the two are two sides of the same coin. And so this is how the two came together. And this is how uh, I was then able to gain more momentum and, and gather the troops behind the idea. Wow. And you achieved 30% increase in PS, which is huge. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like no matter what time frame, but it's, we have rarely seen such a rapid uh, growth. Uh, and now I would like to ask you about other leaders who are in a similar position, which might be struggling with combining uh, the different uh, functions under them or just don't having enough power or thinking that they don't have, how can they really do it? Yeah, it's a, it, it's an important topic, how to find your place in an organization as a customer experience leader. First of all, customer experience is an attitude. It's not a department. So when you get trusted, in an organization with increasing the customer centricity, then know your role as an influencer and don't believe that you now have to do all the work yourself. Let me give you an example. One of my um, bosses back then when I started being the customer experience head at Symantec said, okay, let's start with department ABC. We need to tell them how to do their job better. And if they don't listen to us, we will let them report into you. And after that, we will speak to team DEF because they need to improve their work on XYZ. And if they don't get what we mean, I will have this whole organization report into you. And I said, whoa, 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 stop, wait. We can't build customer experience in an organization as an empire. That will never work. Customer experience is an attitude, not a department. So let me do my job. Let me influence everyone and let me gather the troops and create a momentum just like a conductor in an orchestra does. But I don't want to tell the guy with the violin how to play the violin. I don't want to go to the guy playing the piano, telling him to play the piano. And I think this is a success recipe. When I look at my clients today and see customer experience do just that, not take a position of power, not build an empire, not stand on a soapbox and tell everyone what they have to do, but rather influence the organization, explain the value, argue why things should be done, then I see them being successful. 
And interesting enough, I very frequently now see customer experience leaders in organizations take on neighboring responsibilities as well. All of a sudden, the CX leader becomes the head of marketing as well. All of a sudden, the head of customer experience combines marketing and sales functions underneath him or her. So I think the influencer role is very much in line with leadership values that count these days and that make organizations successful. Just to summarize it, so it's to what you're saying that CX is an attitude, it's not a department, and you should be an influential leader. You don't need to be a boss or manager of someone uh, to do this. Exactly. And what we just mentioned, we see that uh, even uh, marketing managers and directors, marketing are starting to report to customer experience member of the board or VP. What do you think about this uh, that you just also mentioned it? That's a frequently asked question. Where should customer experience be organizationally in an organization? So let's think about it vertically first. How far up in the organization should customer experience be? Mm, here I have an opinion and I think it should be as high as possible. So um, if the customer experience leader sits on the board or in the leadership meetings, he or she will have the best lever and the best influence and the best voice at the table. The further down the customer experience leader is in the organization, the stronger he or she need an executive sponsor above them to support the customer experience effort. So vertically, I would say the customer experience function needs to be as high up in the organization as possible and feasible. Now, horizontally, which function does it need to sit in? Customer support, marketing, a function in itself? I don't think it matters too much. I think here, every organization has their different culture and we can look at where the biggest enthusiasm for customer centricity can be found in an organization. And this will then be the right place for the customer experience function. Okay, it makes a lot of sense and I think it's uh, the right thing to do, have it as high as possible, but where exactly, it's not such a big question to, um, to bother. Okay, great. I really want to focus now more about your what you're currently doing and specifically on a super interesting proposition that you have around re-energizing um, storing CX programs. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yes. Um, my, my favorite topic these days because um, when you start looking at customer centricity, you start thinking about how do I build this? When do I build my customer journey maps? How do I build a voice of the customer program? And for many organizations, this is the past now. This has happened a few years ago. So what I now see with many clients and folks I speak to is that the customer experience has lost its first mojo, that it has lost momentum and that it is, as you said, stalling without much progress. So our focus here at Experience 5 is three things. We first of all want to enable organizations to build customer centricity organically. So we don't put a multi-million dollar customer initiative in place and say, here, go run with it, but rather build it with an organization themselves. Secondly, we make sure things are built on worldwide best practice. And thirdly, I'm happy to bring my executive background to the table and provide a leadership perspective on 
hey, does it pay its way? Is there a return on investment? And how do we bring everyone on board? Now, this last bit is important when your CX program stalls. Let me give you an example. The customer experience team usually walks up and down the corridors and joins meeting and speaks about how customers want the three E's of customer experience. Effort, effect, effort, and emotion. So the effect means a product needs to be as performant as possible. The effort means it needs to be easy to use, fast to use, and affordable. And the emotion means I want to feel respected, individually recognized, and maybe loved or taken care of. So these are the three dimensions the customer experience team speaks about and drives their improvement initiatives in an organization. But very often, the pushback they see is that teams say, oh no, go away with us. I have to first run through the current upgrade of SAP version X to Z, or we are currently acquiring company ABC. We need to finish this first, come back in two years, and we will start that. Or I need to introduce product ABC first. I have no time for your customer experience initiative at the moment. So you might have recognized the pushback in an organization doesn't come from an outside-in customer view. It comes from an inside-out company view because every company has challenges regarding the three Ps. Product, process, people. People are overworked. Processes are outdated and currently being upgraded to a new software version. Products are late or missing an important feature. Now, if you want to re-energize a stalling CX program, you need to bring these arguments together, not in a conflicting, but in a synergetic situation. So imagine a chessboard, but not with 64 fields in it, but with nine fields on it. One side is the three E's for employee, for customer experience, the effect, the effort, the emotion. And on the other side, you have the three fields of product, process, and people. And now you can have a meaningful conversation between the customer experience team and the leaders in the organization who are pushing back. If they say, I can't do anything at the moment until my ERP system is upgraded, that's a challenge in the process area. Then now say, good, then let's look at your team first. Let's make an improvement in the, on the people side. They are overworked. How can we make their life easier? How can we help them to prioritize customer improvements better and be more efficient? Or a customer says, or a, a marketing leader or a product leader says, I can't do anything right now because my product is missing an important feature. And again, looking in our inside out, outside in model with the nine fields, we can say, okay, so this is in the area of the product not delivering a particular effect. How can we work around this and maybe compensate on the emotion side? How can we uh, maybe with a winking eye speak about this <clears throat> and emphasize other products instead? How can we train the team on the people side to better explain our roadmap to customers so that they don't trust their patience and their trust um, and confidence in our product roadmap. So in summary, a stalling CX program in most cases is a conversation issue. 
because the customer experience speaks customer language. The customer experience team speaks customer language and everyone else in the organization speaks organizational language. And with the inside out, outside in view of combining those two and finding common grounds of combining these, you all of a sudden find a very good platform on bringing enthusiasm back into the organization because now the leaders feel listened to. Now they get the impression that the customer experience team understands the challenges they're up against and doesn't make unrealistic requests for support. And I see this model ever since we've introduced it about a year and a half ago, have cut the knot and re-energized customer experience programs around the region, around the globe where we have implemented them with very, very good success. You already said a lot uh, and many fascinating things. Just I want to briefly summarize is that uh, whenever you feel that your program is stuck, uh, you can just uh, approach it from a different angle through, thanks to this three by three metrics where you have the effort, effect, effort, emotion, product, people and process so that by leading meaningful conversations uh, with other people and other departments who speak uh, their specific language might be product, might be network, uh, might be engineering, whoever, you mentioned it to, uh, to energize your program. Okay, yeah, this sounds, sounds great. And um, we, uh, what, uh, like, probably lack of uh, meaningful conversations with all these people be one signal that something goes wrong with your CX program, but what else? Well, you can't fix everyone in an organization. So when we roll out customer experience initiatives in large multinational organizations, you will, as a customer experience leader, find three different groups. You find the enthusiasts who say, finally, we're improving our customer experience. How can I help? So the head of customer support will be with you. The head of your France, US and India regions will be all behind you and say, yes, let's go, go, go. Then you will find the second group who are not against what you do, but they have seen many things come and go within the organization. So they wait. They want to see first successes. And once those are tangible, they will be on board. So the second group is a group you should keep engaging with, you should keep informed, and you should keep prepped, prepared for whenever you're ready to launch in these regions and functions as well with your customer experience initiative. The third group is the biggest challenge. The third group are those who do not want to support you. It might be not invented here syndrome. It might be we've done this for 20 years and we've tried this many times. Why do we, should we do this again? So it might be a combination of conservatism, um, reluctantly to work with you as a person or whatever it is. And I think the art of running a successful customer experience program is letting go and making tough choices. There's a principle called the popcorn principle, and it means if you put your popcorn into the microwave, <clears throat> you will hear the corn pop and pop and pop. And at some point, it is time to take the popcorn out of the microwave. 
if you wait for the last corn to pop, the 80% of the early poppers in your popcorn will be burned and you ruin the whole popcorn. The same is true for your customer experience initiative. I've seen CX leaders spend so much effort, most of their energy in the CX program to convince the third group of laggers who do not want to support you for whatever re real or unreal reasons. And hence the whole CX program has never moved forward and has never gotten any success in their books. So my advice to all customer experience leaders is know your three groups, work with your enthusiasts, work with those who are a little bit hesitant but want to support you, but learn to let go of the laggers that do not want to work for you for good and leave those for the CEO of your organization to fix. You as a CX leader will most likely not fix it, but waste your time. Great advice uh, to follow and you need to focus where you can make an impact and um, because otherwise you'll be wasting a lot of effort and energy for people who you might never be able to convert. Okay, uh, I wanted to ask you also about um, if there is a way to prevent the entire situation and uh, not even reach the moment where you need to re-energize your program. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't that be perfect? But I think there is an answer to yeah. your question, Momsha. <laughs> and it is, think of your customer experience program as a train, as a big train. It's a huge initiative that moves through your organization and people get on board and people want to ride this train and there will be momentum and success unless you stop moving. So once you take your eyes of your customer experience program in times of Corona, when you think you have other things to worry about in times of a big IT initiative. Oh, let's upgrade from ERP version X to ERP version Y. And this will keep us busy for a whole year. If you take the eye of your customer experience initiative because you are moving buildings, you are laying off 10% of your people, you're hiring 20% more. Whenever you take your eyes of your program and let it sit for three months or six months without anything happening, the train will stop. And you know that keeping something moving takes a lot less energy than moving it out of standstill again. And this is a very important learning from the current crisis. All of our clients have come to a complete standstill in their customer experience programs when Corona came on and they had to move into home offices and change their support structure. But we were able to convince all of our clients to please do not go into standstill for long. After a few weeks of when you find your feet again, let's start again. Let's have workshops. Let's identify things to improve. It doesn't need to be a lot to keep moving, but as long as the train keeps moving, you will keep your momentum. Secondly, you need to keep communicating. And again, that works for the train as well. If you don't communicate your timetable, nobody can get on board. If you don't communicate your successes and your activities, then nobody will get on board with your CX initiative. 
I've seen many programs where the customer experience team was so busy being successful that they didn't communicate their successes. They didn't communicate their return on investment. They didn't communicate the positive customer feedback. And guess what? More than half of those projects have now been canceled within the organization because they might have been successful, but nobody knew about it. So in summary, keep moving and keep communicating. Otherwise, your train will come to a standstill or nobody will get on board. I really like your all your examples and metaphors. They are super easy to comprehend and uh, like resonate with um, all of our listeners. I'm sure. Um, okay, and um, imagine that you uh, you already stuck and your uh, program to a certain extent has stopped or it's or it's not any more key focus uh, of the entire organization. Uh, many CX leaders feel like they always need a, a bigger budget to bring it uh, back um, on top of the agenda or to do some very massive uh, project with huge investment. Um, what's your opinion here, how this can be dealt with? Yeah, the answer to, yeah, the, answer to the budget question is fortunately true for every organization in B2B, B2C or in the public sector. Ultimately, if you look across many years, a customer experience program needs to be appropriately resourced. You need the right amount of people looking after it, not too many because it's an attitude, not a department. You need the right amount of money to invest in automation in these things. So in the long term, you can't do customer centricity on a shoestring and just say, yeah, we have a program and not invest resource attention and money into it. Short term, however, in times of budget cut, in early phases of the project, in times of crisis, you don't need budget. You can't keep the train running with the steam that's already in the engine. And examples of no cost activities are workshops with your employees who always know where the customer facing processes are broken. And in this workshop, let your employees develop pain points and solutions for them. And then prioritize those who are easy and affordably fixable without too much budget. Another example is call 25 customers and speak to them about an area of attention for your um, for your company. Um, if you want to improve your service concept, speak to the service leaders in your company, in your customer companies and ask them what's going well, what could be improved. Have a 30 minute conversation with 24 of them, one after the other. And I will guarantee you with this no budget initiative, you will create a wealth of insight that can then trigger new initiatives and trigger new discussions internally. So you don't always need a $150,000 market research study. You don't always need a 
um, customer journey management software. You don't always need a five people team running analytics or doing something for you when the going is rough and you need to be able to do things without budget. There's many, many examples on how you can keep momentum without a lot of budget. But just to reiterate, Amonchil, that doesn't mean you can consistently and for always run your customer um, experience initiative without resources. That would be very naive to believe. Right, yeah, so you can't run it without resources. You still need a solid budget, but uh, you can really re-energize it and draw uh, the attention back on it by doing something without any budget. Okay, particularly when you have come to a standstill or you're coming close to a standstill, lock yourself away in a room or for a day or two and, and do what I mentioned earlier, call 20 customers or speak to a group of employees. And what you learn from that will be a great tada to come back on stage and say to your constituents within the organization, now, in our customer experience initiative, here's what I found, here's what I suggest could be pragmatic next steps. And that helps you to uh, re-energize and regain momentum and make sure the train starts moving again. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds sound great. It's, it's something that everybody can follow, no matter right, what situation they might be in terms of budget, time, yeah, etc. No, no matter of the constraints. Okay, uh, great. I also, because you mentioned the Corona, just briefly, probably you spoke already a lot about this, uh, but just wanted to share your views on the current situation and the impact of the CX field specifically. Yeah, I had a discussion with one of my clients the other day who said, will we have to stop our initiative and reconsider it because of Corona? Will we have to stop our customer experience initiative? Will we have to reconsider how we think about customers because of Corona? And I told my, my client from an empathy and medical point of view, Corona is very extraordinary, very rough, and very brutal on many, many people around the globe. So don't get me wrong, I don't want to belittle this, but from a business point of view, Corona is just yet another thing in a sequence of events that make chaos the new normal in an organization. So be it from external events um, like 9-11, the financial crisis, natural disasters, um, labor action in countries that close down entire markets and supply chains, or whatever other things happen, it seems as if these things are a constant chain of events in every organization. And then you have the internally caused um, disruptions, acquisitions, layoffs, hirings, growth phases, product introductions. So if you look at that, then unpredictable situations are the new normal in every organization. So my advice to that particular client and all other clients is, you have to go in all of these phases through a three-step approach. The first step of every situation is contain. With Corona, that means send everyone to the home office, 
make sure they're safe. With every acquisition, you make sure, uh, build a team, gather the information you need, start to think about culturally involving people with labor action, contain, think about your supply chain, think about workarounds and what needs to be done. And then um, after that initial contain phase, you go into a ramp up phase where you start to recover or where you start to deal with whatever has come up. In Corona, it means after the, the lockdown loosens up, you start your business again. You look who of your vendors is still there, who needs to be replaced, how can you um, make sure your customers are safe, your employees are safe. And then in the third phase of every event, you look at how to improve. What have we learned from the situation? How can we better prepare? Where have we found our processes are weak? Where have we let down customers or employees? And where can we change things in order to not have that happen again in the future? So this contain ramp up and improve thing is not only true for Corona, but for every disruption in your organization. So again, Corona is special in its impact on the health, the life, the well-being and, and, and everything else around folks worldwide. So the severity and the scope is unprecedented, but the effect of one disruption coming after the other, in my eyes, will continue to be true. So we better prepare for it. Absolutely. And yeah, we're seeing it. Uh... That's just the new reality and totally agree here with you. And so you put it in a very clear and nice way that it's just the, the new normal and that there will be many unpredictable events uh, to fall. Okay, uh, great. As we're reaching really the end of uh, our conversation, you provided a lot of um, amazing recommendations. But if you're to pick up only one advice to CX leaders, how to achieve a bigger impact, what it will be. Prove, prove your contribution. Um, don't get lost in all of your work, but make sure that there's always 10% of your weekly work time to communicate your successes and to calculate your successes. So if you, after your first year, can't prove your return on investment, then your second year will probably not happen. If you don't communicate your successes every week or every month, then you will probably be gone very soon. So my advice will be keep communicating your successes and keep calculating or start calculating your contribution. Thanks a lot for sharing. I'm pleased that I had as my guest today on the CX Impact podcast, Stefan Oshaus, CX expert, author and public speaker who can help you at each step of your CX journey. You can find Stefan's contact details in the podcast comments. Thanks for the super inspiring conversation, Stefan. Thank you, Momchil, and bye-bye, everyone. If you want to continue the conversation about anything we heard today or to learn how can GMC help you speed up your customer experience success, write us on the CX Impact at gmc.com. If you liked this episode, hit follow and visit gemseek.com to learn more. Let's make an impact on the world of CX together. Thank you for listening.